And it says this, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Could that not be more true in today's society? Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that attempts to break down cultural assumptions and then view those from a more biblical lens. I'm Josh Phillips, joined always by Mr. Shane Skirvin. Shane, I have to ask you, have you watched any more of The Chosen? No, I've only seen episode one. The one and episode? I, yeah, oh. and I, I'd lo- I love it. I love it. But I, uh, I, uh, my, my kids are a little bit younger, so I have to like... They're, I have to run them out of the room, watch it adults. Oh, I'm, I'm a bad parent. I have my eight, me and me and my eight year old just watched the entire series. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Wow, she dude. loved it. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? May, you just changed my mind. Then I'm gonna do that. Yeah. It's okay, oh man. I, of course. I'm and I'm always going to everybody. I'm like, have you seen it? Have you seen it? If you, and anybody listening, if you haven't seen it, the chosen. Uh, there's a, there's a guy I work with that just raves about it. Also, like you. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. You, it's an app. It's free to download. You can watch it in there and stream it to your TV. You can, I think you can watch them on YouTube. I know they're on Pure Flix. Uh, we just recently got a, uh, I tried to do a one, one week trial and I forgot to cancel it. And so now oh, we have, you're like one a, of those year. guys. Yeah, I, I'm definitely one of those guys. That's not the first time that's happened. <laughs> I just can't do those trials anymore. Oh, bait the hook. Boom. <laughs> the reminder, my phone never went off. Thanks, Apple. <laughs> So anyways, I digress. I digress. I digress. So all right, guys, you can always reach us on email. I don't why do I say on email? That doesn't even make any sense. You can always email us at feedback at switchinglensespodcast.com. You think I get it down by now? This is like episode 23. Uh you can always see any of our stuff, any of our podcasts, videos, blogs, all that information at switchinglensespodcast.com. Okay, Shane, we are in part two of our series. Our series called Avoiding the Significant. Uh, this episode is called Willingly Distracted and Indifferent. So we're going to talk about the role that distraction plays in our everyday lives that sort of keep us from these types of questions we're asking. Because back in episode one, you know, you had brought up the idea that you'd had conversations with people and conversations about worldview, like important questions, questions of, you know, mor- morality, what happens after you die? How did we get here? All the big questions, the important stuff. And you were saying how you were met with a bunch of indifference from people that didn't didn't care or didn't think these things were even knowable and just sort of brushed it off. Yeah. So in this episode, again, like I said, we're going to talk about the role that distraction plays in that, of how distracted we really are in our everyday lives to avoid these types of questions, these important, super important questions. They, they mean everything. So we're going to talk about the role of distraction. So let's talk about a couple things here. Let's kind of throw spitball here a little bit, Shane. Um, let's go with the most obvious thing. The most obvious thing we're all distracted by. I mean, you are probably both, I'll speak for myself. I'm kind of guilty of this sometimes too. No, I, try, I, try, too. I try really hard not to, but that's our phones, mm-hmm. this dumb little device in our pockets. Uh, one of the things I noticed with this, I think, I mean, it's, it serves great purposes. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great things that you can do with your phone, but I think sometimes when it becomes problematic, I know you feel this way as well, but a lot of times it's when people just get bored. And they have nothing to do. My goodness, as a teacher, I see this constantly. It's by default. I've noticed with the teenagers that uh, at my school, and it's not just my school, it's every school, I'm sure, that anytime that they have nothing to do or there's something socially awkward, the phone com- immediately comes out. And it's just like this crutch. It's this crutch for boredom. It's this crutch for any time you're feeling uncomfortable. It's really, really, it's really problematic, I think. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, I, I'm just sitting there shaking my head because 
I mean, I feel all of that too. You know, I'm, um, I used to, I noticed with me where it caught me was I used to always have a book or a couple books mm-hmm. uh, and I carried them around. So bad. Well, well that, it, it, but I mean, it depends they, what you're I, reading, I guess. Well, I saw, I stopped, I stopped doing that is what I'm saying. The phone replaced. Oh, oh gotcha. Gotcha. And, and I'm, I've been trying to work my way back and set boundaries. So where I'm at, I'm literally trying to set boundaries for phone time and start getting the habit of carrying a paperback or even a hardcover book. Do you again. read books on your phone? Um, I read articles. I don't typically yeah. read books on my phone. Me neither. I can't yeah. do it. It's too long yeah. staring at a screen. I'm, yeah, I'm a paper me too. guy. Yeah. So screens make me scream. Yeah. After too long. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Well, another, another distraction. I feel like this one's not, well, I don't know. Television and movies. I mean, that's, uh, people get distracted. I guess the thing now, I don't feel like movies are so much. I think it's these new series, these binge series. That's the new thing. I think people get, uh, or it's always, it's like one long movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're, they're, don't get me wrong. They're entertaining to watch, but if you can ever find a, a good one, but, um, yeah, but, yeah, we got this like, whole word. like one about like tigers or something. Is that what you're? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's, we won't go there. I was but talking about yeah. Winnie the Pooh. I thought I didn't know what you. Were. Oh, because I was like, he's a he's a bear. What are you talking about? But anyways, back on track. We're we're already getting distracted. We're, we're total hypocrites in this. But uh, but yeah, piece of people. We easily get distracted by these binge shows and things like that. Um, for I think for some people, it's almost like the phone. It's almost like a default mode. Yeah. Like when you get home from work, well, what's yeah. what's on? What what episode did I leave off on? Yeah, and things like that. Just because I maybe I have nothing to do, or I just want to fill this time, so I'm going to fill or it unwind with. or kind of relax and unwind. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And thank you for saying it that way because I don't, we don't want to come off and saying like you should never be on your phone. You should never watch a TV show because it is good sometimes to to do those types of things to sort of relax you know, take a load off. Mm-hmm. But we're, I guess we're talking more about, I guess the reasons why we go to those things and whenever the reasons maybe necessarily aren't from unwinding, it's more out of boredom or avoiding something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, um, we're created for relationship. Um, we would say that's one of the central tenets of, of Christianity that we're created for relationship with God first and foremost, and then other people. And those devices and distractions actually can keep us from fostering community and relationship. Definitely. Absolutely. I see that all the time, for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, another common one here uh, yeah, is was busyness, you know, whether that's career related or just filling our schedule. You know, some people, they have to have that schedule filled out. You know, they're, they're that, that type of person. Got to have an activity plan for all these things. I can't be, I can't have nothing going on. I've got to have something all the time. Or again, like I said, just say careers. That's that could be a big one for a lot of people getting really invested in their career, to where it becomes something maybe more important than it should be. And like you said, that's a that's a relative term. Making a living. Um, we live here in America where we can. There, it, it's very tricky to go from meeting your needs to meeting your wants. Um, that can be a very slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, people can can justify that sometimes. Well, I'm just trying to make a living. I'm just trying to provide for my family. That's why I'm working 80 hours a week yeah. or whatever it might be, you know. Go from stuff. providing for your family to providing a certain level of of lifestyle for your family. Right, right. And again, just, just to be clear, we're not saying like, oh, if you work 80 hours a week, oh, you terrible person. Or, or if you have some a certain lifestyle, you know, extravagant lifestyle, we're not saying, I mean, we don't have time to get into all that. But we're, we're, we're really just, this is more of like a gut check. Just everybody just kind of looking inside 
and just doing a little self-analyzation. You know, why why am I doing these things? You know, am I am I am I am I distracting myself from something I don't want to face? That's really kind of what we're looking at. And 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 where it comes in for me too is those same conversations that you and I are talking about having. I've been having conversations where people have been more bringing it up to me than me bringing it up to them about questioning why am I okay? So if you're you're, you know people have been I have been around a couple people that have been you know uh, openly questioning why I do these things. Why do I work these hours? Or am I a slave to my debt? Do I need to restructure how I'm living? I mean, I, I've been around several conversations questioning these these exact issues. Oh, interesting. All right. So um, the last one we want to address here is the idea of indulging in pleasure. So this could be anything from substances. This gets a little <laughs> a little deeper level here. Indulging in substances, or maybe it could be relationships or just general experiences in life. But a lot of times people will use these. And again, we're now we're getting more into the, I'm going to these things because I'm trying to avoid something else in my life. But these are also very common uh, methods of distracting ourselves from something. Okay, I'm not trying to really get towards any one thing, what that's distracting from, but these are means of distraction. Okay. All right, so... Again, just to kind of summarize all this so far, we want to point out some various means of distraction that keep us possibly from addressing some of these these big issues in life, the big issues of worldview and whatnot. So we want to go kind of transition next year. I want to give a quote, a quote here, excuse me, from Blaise Pascal, a very popular quote of his. And it says this, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Could that not be more true in today's society? We're, we're giving our attention to all these things we just named. Our, our competition, our attention is always in constant competition, right? Well, and and the, and let's. This isn't just a personal issue. Let's look at okay. So people can wrestle with personal morality, as we all do, and trying to to work our way through that. But also institutions and and society uh, structures. They also can be part of this problem. You know, I come from a personal background that always saw morality as within a man's and a woman's heart issues and not saying that social structures and institutions can also uh, be part of the moral issue, right? right. And so we, yeah. have to rec- we have to address the fact that this could be a blind spot for us Americans, but billions and billions of dollars are being spent not just to get your attention, to keep your attention, and not just some of your attention, all of your attention. So yeah. we are caught in the middle of a huge struggle both within us and outside of us to keep us distracted. And some of it is for, for financial gain, right? Yeah. And oftentimes we don't even know, right? I mean, it's yeah. because it's subliminal in a, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And not, we think it's not contrived. We think it's convenience. Yeah. Well, that, that was, that would, that, that so-called convenience to us was actually part of someone's plan to make sure we're looking at their products to make sure when our voice is talking about something, all of a sudden those products pop up on our phone. I mean, that's yeah. not a coincidence, right? Yeah. Notifications popping yeah. up on your phone. I mean, every, so many things are competing for your attention. And so, yeah, so this quote is, I mean, he's right. Again, to repeat that again, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And we're not talking about the good old days. Uh, Blaise Pascal, it was the 16, uh, what, 40s was probably when this quote was from. We're talking, this is a, this is a problem with, from within a man from within men that have only is been accelerated by technology, right? Right, yeah. And kind of in light of this, I kind of want to share a story about this. Like I always say, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't mention 
Mr. Cameron McAllister. <laughs> but I was listening uh, to him one time and he was talking about this graduate level class that he took. Um, and he said in this class that there's a certain assignment a lot of people had a big problem with. Not so much like they didn't want to do it, but they just, they were sort of, they had a lot of anxiety. They were scared about doing this because of what it would take. And he, he's setting this up. I'm like, oh my gosh, what was, what was his assignment? And he said even he had some issues with it. But the assignment was pretty simple. It was, I don't know how long it went on for, but the assignment was to take three breaks in your, in your day for, I don't know, I'm not sure how many days it was, but let's just call it a week or so. I don't know. But take three breaks, three 20 minute breaks, sit down and do absolutely nothing. Don't, you know, don't have anything on the screen in front of you. Nobody's in the room with you. Um, this, and this was at a uh, Christian university. They were even saying, if you can, try, don't even try to pray. Just sit there and just be quiet, just in, in complete solitude. And he was saying that people were having like anxiety breakdowns, like all, like just didn't know what to do. They, they were driving themselves crazy because they were so used to being distracted. They always had something keeping their attention. And this was one time, three times in a day where nothing could have your attention. You had to sit there in complete solitude for 20 minutes. And I thought that was pretty fascinating. I, was, I mean, I feel like I do pretty well with that because I like doing that. I like, I love peace and quiet. Oh my gosh, a quiet room and just think. I love it. But I can understand some other people they're different than me. They wouldn't like that. I, I, I get that. I get that. So I always thought that was really interesting. Uh, that, cause I, like I said, that's, that could be a really tough problem today. Like with so many things competing for our attention, it, it, it's, it's quite an idea to sit there and be quiet and just push it all out. It's sometimes it's kind of tough to do, but, but anyways, um, well, this idea of being distracted and sort of to kind of, kind of connect, you know, what we talked about so far to our previous episode, you know, using distraction to avoid, things that are important reminds me of a Bible story uh, in Luke four, Luke chapter 14. And I was going to give a little context. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll read a certain section of it. Uh, Jesus is having, he's having Sabbath dinner, Shabbat dinner with the Pharisees. And it says in there that they're, they're watching him closely because as they always were. <laughs> and there's several verses before the part I'm going to read. So just kind of fill that in. Like a lot of the Pharisees, the people that were there at the dinner, they were trying to jockey for position at the table, they were trying to get further at a, you know, a certain spot. So they looked more important. So Jesus goes and tells this little parable uh, in light of that. And it's kind of funny like, if you actually read that, it's just, you, Jesus sees this happening and it's like, hey, there's a story I have. And it's like super obvious that he's talking exactly about what they're doing right there in that moment. It's kind of funny to me. But after he tells the story and he's talking about the kingdom of God, uh, it picks up here at verse, at least verse 15 right here. Uh, again, it's in Luke 14, or maybe it's verse 16. Here we go. Oh, 15, excuse me. So I'm, I'm just going to read this. It's a little, little lengthy here, but uh, it's it's so profound. It absolutely pertains to what we're talking about here. So it says, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Jesus said, he said to Jesus, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. <laughs> And so Jesus responds to him like, oh my, kind of like a, I feel like an eye roll was happening here. Like, oh my gosh, are you, but here we go. Here's, here's, it doesn't say that. So I'm not going to throw it in there. That's, that's what I picture in my head. So Jesus responds, this guy and says, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent away his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all like began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a field and I must go and see it. Please have me excused. 
Then another said, I've bought a, excuse me, I've bought five yoke of oxen. I need to go examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor, the crippled and the blind and the lame. So Jesus tells him, so he goes, servant says, go out, go get, or the, the master says, go get all these people on the streets. And the servant said, sir, what you've commanded has been done. And there's still room. There's still room at this, this great banquet. And the master said to his servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet. Which is kind of funny. I was listening to the Bible project talk about this. And they're like, go get anybody, anybody, but these jerks that, <laughs> that turned me down, just go find anybody, get, go out there and get them. So Anyways, this, this, so the story is really interesting to me. So there's three people that reject this offer. And I never noticed this. I never read their comments very closely. And Shane, I don't know where, if you have either. I don't know. Hmm. But <clears throat> the first one, the guy says, I just bought a field and I need to go see it. I need to go look at it. But think of the context here. This is, he's having a banquet. A banquet like this is probably taking place at night, right? Any kind of big feast or dinner was probably yeah. taking place at night. Well, so two things. If you just bought a field, like you need to go see it. Why didn't you go see the field before you went and bought it? That doesn't make any sense. Why would you go buy a field if you haven't seen it? So here's terrible excuse number one. I bought a field. I need to go see it. He's making a terrible excuse for not wanting to be part of this banquet. Plus it's at night. How well are you going to be able to see it? Right? Yeah. He's ghosting them. Yeah. This is, it's, it's a terrible, terrible excuse. And then you go to the second guy. And he said, of course, he said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I need to go examine them. And again, going back to this, this is probably taking place at night. How, how, how are you going to examine oxen at night? How are you going to see like, you know, what they can, how strong they are and all that? That's something you could do in the morning. That's something that could definitely wait till morning. But he's saying, I, I have to go do this right now. Again, terrible excuse number two. So we got these two guys come up with terrible excuses. I've never seen how flimsy they are. Wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And then the third one, now this one actually has the most legitimacy, but this is, but there's kind of an interesting part to this though. So the guy says, I've, I've married a wife, therefore I cannot come. This is somewhat justified a little bit. In Deuteronomy 24, 5, it says, when a man is newly married, he shall not go out with his art, with the army or be liable for any public duty. He shall be free at home one year to be happy with his wife whom he has taken. So you can sort of somewhat legitimize it. However, <laughs> If you look in 1 Corinthians 7.33, I, I kind of put one verse before this for a little bit of context, but the second verse is really what I'm getting at. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians 7.33, it says, I want to be, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But here's a key verse. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. So I think that's sort of kind of what's going on right here. And what's interesting about this too, you notice the first two guys both said, um, let me go back and find, it says, please have me excused. So they're kind of like a polite, you know, can I please excuse me? I'm sorry, I can't make it. This guy just says, therefore, I cannot come. I did a little research on this and it said, if you translate that in the Arabic, it says, therefore, I will not go. It's a little more direct. Wow. Like, I'm not, I'm not coming. And so he's probably the most rude of the three, even though he probably has maybe the most legitimate excuse. And some, I mean, I was doing some research on this, and it's also said that some people think that this sort of this guy kind of represents people's fondness for sensual lusts and pleasures, and that you know they wanted to indulge them and 
and that. So we have these three guys coming up with terrible excuses to not come to this banquet. So not, you know, this is a, a huge, important banquet, but they've come up with these awful excuses not to go. And therefore Jesus says, fine, I'm going to go get the blind, the lame. I'm going to get all the people, you know, they're very, they're very different than you. Um, not to get too deep into that, but he goes and finds others to invite to his banquet. And I just thought that was like, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy. I mean, I read this like, oh, that goes right to our podcast episode we're going to talk about, about being distracted. These guys are all coming, bringing up kind of these terrible reasons of why they can't be a part of this great thing. Yeah, that's pretty chilling though. I mean, look how you can justify being distracted, right? Exactly. They all had their own justifications and we do this all the time. Yes, yes. I mean, we just mentioned when, those. Literally, literally, it's the most important. It's the one thing that is is small and is is you know it's the most personal decision you can make in your in your uh, your mind and your heart and your emotions, but it's also the thing that is the most public. It has changed, you know, all of Western civilization was changed by a book from Asia and by people that came from Asia bringing the gospel, and it, it changed the entire Western civilization. So you have something that was completely. It's you know it's literally the the biggest and most important thing that could possibly happen, right? It's exactly you said it. You said it perfect. Nothing is more important, right? I mean, there's no career that I have. There's no material thing on this earth that is more important than that. Yeah, and it's, it's again, Shane. I, you agree with me? We're not here pointing the finger at anybody because mm, no. we can point right back at ourselves. We can point thumbs as well. So this is something we we always we want to make ourselves aware of too. This includes and, all of hu- this includes all humans. What we're talking about, it, it absolutely does. And so, I kind of wanted to end this um, on an encouraging word, really, like how uh, we could help somebody. If someone's in that boat of like, well, you know, how do you get past I, I, all these things? I, I kind of want to be concerned with these things, but I am really distracted. You know, for me, it I something that super helps me, and this is something that has been ongoing in my life. But it's it's still something that's. That's both part of my life for years, and it's also right now. It's it's what's going on in my life is is remembering that the gospel, how you get saved, is that Jesus takes your place for you, and that you there's nothing that you do, there's no work, no performance that secures. You know, the Christian identity is received; it's not achieved. And that same way, I look to the gospel. The same way, how you get saved is how you live. The gospel is not just how you get put into the kingdom of God. It's how you function in the kingdom of God. It's how you proceed with the kingdom of God. And so how I look at this is I, I say, okay, well, my distraction, my inability to focus, my uh, binge watching Netflix when I shouldn't, I take that issue with my relationship with Christ. And I say, you know what? I want to have the same focus that Christ had. I want to have the same, uh, it says he set his face like Flint. He didn't get distracted. He was to go to Jerusalem to fulfill what he needed to do, what God's plan for Jesus's life was. And so, you know, I by that same simple way that you get saved, the gospel, I exchange and lay down um, the performance of living up to this deal and say, okay, God, now that I'm in you, now that you've transformed me, I'm relying on that that Christ power to be a focus-directed person. So, I mean, I, I look right back at the gospel and at the cross to get uh, transformed life, to not live, you know, to be able to be focused in a distracted age. That's good. That's good. I feel like for me, um, a, little, a little practical advice I would give if you're being distracted really is, I think 
a good starting spot is getting a passion for the word of God. And I think what can be tough with that sometimes is we get in that mode of, well, I better read my one chapter for today or two or, you know, whatever it might be. And truth be told, a lot of times we go to a lot of the same places, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not going to go to, you know, there's certain, certain books the Bible are going to avoid and like, oh, these are easier for me to get something out of. And, and that's I mean, obviously, obviously the whole word of God is awesome. But my advice would be setting aside a certain amount of time, uh, a time where you're not going to be distracted. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to put a time limit on this. Uh, I don't like when people do that or a chapter limit or whatever. But what I would encourage you to do is go find some, some helpful tools to help you study the Bible. And then instead of just reading it, because especially some of those can be kind of heavy and tough, especially when you start getting into like the law, the Torah, and I mean, not the end of the back end of the Torah, the, the mosaic law and things like that. But if you go find something, of course, something we mention all the time, a great resource is the Bible project. Absolutely. They have videos on every single book of the Bible. When I go through the Bible, before I start reading a book of the Bible, I watch the video right in the middle of reading it. I watch the video again. And then when I'm done, I watch it again. I watch it three times Absolutely. and they, they lay out a nice outline so that when you're reading it, you're kind of looking for these things. And he, a lot of times the videos are, they're bringing up things I would have never caught. I would have never seen that, but because I heard it first, then I read it, then it meant so much more to me. And boy, did it spark such a passion for the word of God. It all started kind of jumping off the page and making more sense. And I think kind of that's a problem for some people is they get bored reading it because they don't have some understanding with it. There's only certain parts that are easier to understand other books that are, difficult to understand. So I really highly advise getting a good resource. And again, I can't recommend the Bible. And I know you, Shane, too. can't recommend the Bible Project more. They have so many great, helpful videos. They're animated. They're awesome. So I would also say don't do it alone. Be part of a body. Be a part of a community. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Let people stir up, you know, uh, talk to people, uh, to other believers about Scripture, the public reading of Scripture. You know, have conversations about it. You don't have to be you know, the world wasn't turned upside down by professional Christians or professional theologians. It was people that took God at his word and became people of the book and people of the church uh, with radically transformed lives. That's what turned the world upside down. That's good. Yes, that's, you're absolutely right. Yes, go find people to walk with and walk with you. That'd be, that's, that's a great advice. Great way to end it there, Shane. So we, here we go. We're going to wrap this up here, this episode. In fact, we went kind of long. I'm not sure how long this went, but it seems kind of long. Uh, this uh, Wrapping up this episode. Uh, Next time we're going to get, we're going to, this will be the final episode of our series. We're going to talk about the role that culture plays in keeping us from these important questions and these ideas and the separation from God and all that stuff. We're going to look, we're going to look at that role there. So Shane, thank you as always for joining me. All right. Thank you. Always enjoy your insights. Everybody, of course, you can always email the show at feedback at switchinglensespodcast.com or visit the website switchinglensespodcast.com all right so you guys take it easy we will see you next time